Gimme, gimme, gimme a goal after midnight. Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations of Cali United Football Club. From Kevin Carr to Tony Cake and Paul Gorman to Tony Gallimore, we've got it covered. This is episode four and as usual, I'm joined by one of my co-hosts. This week, it's Dan McLennan. Dan, it's the question I always have to ask, but how's it going? Not too bad, mate. Yeah. Are you uh, very excited that the fixtures are finally out? Yeah, I think uh, you know the fixtures finally coming out gives a, a sense of, you know, it's it's not far away now. Friendlies are coming thick and fast. Cup draws have been made. Fixtures are out, and yes, it's going to be different. But at least we can, we've got something to sort of look forward to now. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, that's that's the big thing, isn't it? It's it's been months of sort of almost wondering if football was even going to come back. There was, yeah, there was a definitely. genuine thought that. Clubs are going to go to the wall, but they seem to have found solutions to get things going. So it's that's really good to see. Oh, I was going to say to you, in the, in the introduction, obviously, I named the four players as usual. Do you know what connects those four players? Oh, that's a good question. You, you won't get it. So I might as well tell you. They played in the first Cali United games that both me and you went to. Ah, oh, right. So Kevin Carr and Paul Gorman obviously played. I think your first game was Bradford home, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Bradford in 85, yeah. yeah. And Tony Kagan and Tony Gallimore both played against Berry on 27th December 1994, that famous 3-0 win in the third division title winning season. So, yeah, well, that's that's the reason I picked those on this week. Just thought I'd have a nice little connection for us. <laughs> yeah. A uh, little tenuous to everybody else, but for us it's an <laughs> interesting one. Okay, so coming up in this episode, we've got a wide range of topics to talk about, as usual, including... Fixtures, that's that's the key one, we're very excited for that, so we've got League, League Cup and some of the competition that we might briefly touch on. Um, three more signings, so three more players have come in the door to add to the eight that already came in. A little update on trialists, uh, two more friendlies at Gated and Wigan, I think said friendless there because I put friendless instead of friendlies on the <laughs> ring order. Um, season ticket update, a very brief one there. Um, the iFollow announcement, or not so much announcement, sort of story that's appeared this weekend, is our basically the only EFL update we've got other than fixtures and some former Blues news as usual. But first up, uh, our new regular feature is uh, basically looking at some kind of quiz questions with you, Danny. So uh, as usual, these come from the official Carl United quiz book. Um, if you listen to episode three, we talked a bit about the book, particularly the uh, terrific endorsements it had from the likes of Carol Malia, Michael Grade and Robbie D from CFM. Uh, quite the bunch, I think, but all agree. <laughs> yeah, still, still tickles me that the Carol Maley and Robbie Deere alongside Michael Gray, uh, Grade. Sorry. Um, okay, so Dan, um, last time I gave you a chance to pick a number, but this time I'm just going to give you the questions and we'll oh, go back to picking a number tough. next time. So, I think so, I think I'll do well to get nine out of ten this week. I don't know why. I just I think these can be hard. I'm not sure what they are, but we'll give it a go. Uh, okay, so let's, let's see which one should I pick. Uh, okay, I'm gonna do the. Uh, 
trying to see. There's, there's a few here. That I should have just given you a chance to pick a number now. Um, <laughs> all right, tell you what. What do you want? Do you want history of the club? Who am I? Or club records? Who am I? Who am I? Right, okay. Let's and then, then, the, then all our listeners can play along as well. Exactly. Exactly that. Okay. So first up, question one. I was born in England, but played international football for another country. When I turned 19, I worked at Easington Colliery and managed to and managed my adopted country six times, losing all six games. Oh, I know who that is, and I can't remember his name. Because there's not many players, people who've managed a country and also played for us, is there? Yeah. Oh, leave that one with me, and come. We'll come back to it. Okay. I'm just. I, it's one of the earlier managers, isn't it? Uh, it will be, I think, yes. Yeah. So, uh, question two. I played for Carl United in the early 1970s and was voted Queen's Park Rangers' greatest ever player of all time. Like Standballs. It's got Standballs, yeah. yep. Of course it is. Uh, question three. I played under three different managers at Carlisle United and made 12 appearances at wing half inside forward for Rochdale. I played both my first and last league games against Hartlepool United. Start, say that first bit again. I think you might struggle to get this. <laughs> Looking at the name, yeah. I just checked. Uh, I played under three different managers at Carl United and made 12 appearances at wing half slash inside forward for Rochdale. I played both my first and last league games against Hartlepool United. Oh, I'll have to pass on that one. It's Eric Hayton. I know, right. I have no idea. <laughs> it's not uh, jumps out going, back, going back to the manager one, yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm sure, was it Andy Beatty managed Scotland? It's not. It's Gordon Bradley was the answer. Ah, right, right, so, right, so, yeah. right. But that's the one I thought it was, to be fair. So mm. I, I would have gone for the same. Um, okay, I think you might have a better chance for the next one. So question 14, or four, sorry. On New Year's Day in 1983, I played for Cal United against my former club, Newcastle United, at St. James's Park and scored the opening goal of a thrilling 2-2 draw. That would be, I'm guessing, Alan Shoulder. Correct. Good answer. Good answer there. What okay. you would give for an Allen shoulder up front yeah. now. Uh, question five. I was born in Pretoria, South Africa on the 5th of January 1929 and joined Clyde FC shortly after the end of World War Two. I played for Hull City and Norwich City as well as Cal United. That should be an easy one, that one. Oh, that's... Uh... Oh, I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Leave uh... Alliteration in his name. Oh... Oh, it's a... I will come back to that one. It's going to annoy me. We'll come back to that one as well. Okay, question six. I am a local lad and joined Cal United not long after the end of World War II. I played in defence for the club in two different spells there and scored twice, but not at home. That's a tough one, that one, in terms of the clues. It doesn't tell you much. All I'll tell you is um, him being sold helped uh, fund a new stand for the club. Uh... Oh, and you picked some hard ones that I know, uh, and I can't remember them today. I'll, go, I'll give you give you another clue for that one. Ice cream. Twentyman. Yes, correct. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Twentyman. Um, question. Alf Ackerman. Alf Ackerman. Yes, you've got that. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to get that eventually. You're <laughs> yeah. racking your brain for it, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, question seven. When I joined Cal United in the summer 1962, they were in Division Three. They dropped to Division 4 but bounced back in the season 64-65 and I won a Division 3 winner's medal 
and they were promoted to Division 2. I left the club in 1978 when I lost my number one jersey to a teammate. Alan Ross. Of course it is, yes. Very easy, that one. Um, question 8. I began my professional career at Manchester City in 1988 and played for 10 professional clubs in my career, playing 78 games and scoring four goals for Kai United in defence from 98 to 2000. Oh, oh, the little fella. Oh, oh, what's he called? What's he called? I don't think you on the right on the right lines there. Seventy-eight games and scoring four goals for Carlisle in defence from nineteen ninety-eight to two thousand. David Brightwell. Correct. It is David. Because he started at Man City, didn't he? he? Did, yeah. Yes, he did. His brother yeah. was there, Ian Brightwell, wasn't he? He did a lot better than him, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this one should be easy, just from the first the first five words, isn't it? Um, I was born in Poland in 1963 and played for Aston Villa, Sunderland and Wolves before moving to Carlisle in 1998. Darius Kubicki. Who was, man, wasn't he? Um, he played in the World Cup, didn't he? Yeah. I'm sure yeah. he did for them. And, um, didn't he get... I want to say 1990. I think he's been in a little bit of trouble with the law in recent years. I'm not going to say exactly yeah. what, because I, I might be wrong on that one. I don't want us to get uh, in trouble, but if you Google it, you'll find out. Um, and finally, question 10. I began my professional career with Carlisle in 1998, and my other clubs include Derby County and Sunderland. I'm a Republic of Ireland international. Oh, Rory Delap. Yes, of course it is, Rory Delap. Yeah. Um, easy enough. Uh, so I think from that, you only got one or two wrong, was it? Yeah, first I'll take one, that. Two, two. So you got two wrong, so eight out of ten. But I think they I'll were a bit they were a bit tougher than last time, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. So I'll have a ratchery the book and find some more interesting uh, ones for next time anyway. Uh okay, so um I think that just about wraps up the quiz section. Just Dan. just before oh, we leave the quiz section, I've just opened uh, Google up on my computer. Yeah. And Darius Kabicki yeah. was involved in a bribery scandal involving the sale of a Warsaw Sports Centre in October 2007. Terrific, that idea. That's, that's the kind of yeah. thing, you, the stories you want to hear about. It's well, unbelievable. He was, uh, I think he was involved with Lekia Gdansk at the time. Yeah, I think he's, he's been involved in some management or maybe sporting director roles, I think, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's, 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 he's always seemed to have had a job in football with some... Mm. Uh, some yeah. names I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. <laughs> let's let's probably just leave it there because if we go down yeah. a, a Polish names uh, thing, we're going to be uh, in a bit of a mess. Yeah. Okay, Dan. So let's get stuck into the main part of the show. First up, we've uh, we've waited long enough, so it's time to talk about the new season's fixtures. So, Hartlepool with the free kick, looking for Turu, knocks it out onto the left hand side to Kitching. He's looking to get past man. Turu's inside. Well, we said about Toure before the kickoff, didn't we? We are two and a half minutes in, and Toure picks it up inside the foul penalty area, completely unmarked. Was it a shot? Was it a cross? He knew where he was putting that, Nick. It's gone in the top corner past James Montgomery's left left hand into the top corner. Okay, Dan, as we said before the start of part one there, uh, we're going to talk about fixtures. Uh, first up, let's talk about the Carabao Cup first round draw. Um, massive shock to see that we were the last team drawn out away from home as well. Uh, nothing changes there, does it really? No, I, I mean, can't, I can't think of a draw where we haven't been drawn out last for a while. I was I was sat uh, watching the draw at home and 
there was one or two games came out and you were like, oh, that'd be, you take that. And then longer it got on, I just thought, you know something, we're coming out last again, aren't we? <laughs> it's typical, isn't it? But to be fair, the, the game we've been given, Oldham Athletic away, um, in, in terms of being a winnable tie, there's probably not many others you would have picked really for us, is there? When you look at the no, teams I mean, that were available. Obviously, you want to be at home. Yes. And failing that, if you're away, you want to be winnable. I mean, mind you, haven't said that last season when we drew Barnsley, a lot of people would have sort of went to, you know, oh, batter them best best performers of the yeah, season, yeah. arguably. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those ones, isn't it? I mean, it, it? You would prefer to be at home, but in the current circumstances, we know the game's going to be behind closed doors. We already know that it's on Saturday, the fifth uh, of September. I think it's going to be. Um, in the circumstances, does it matter that much? Possibly not. As much as it did previously, no, no. so it, it's going to it's going to be an interesting one because obviously they've got a new manager in Harry Kuehl. Um There's been sort of a bit of sort of maybe not consternation about that, but it's a bit the reaction to that. He's done okay as a manager actually. If you look at his record, he had a bit of a funny stint. I think it was at Notts County, wasn't it? But bar that, yeah, he's done all well, right actually wherever he's been. I don't think he's the first or certainly the last who's had a. A bit of a funny spell at Notts County because they obviously seem a bit more settled now. But I think they had a couple of years where it was a bit crazy there. But uh, no, it's 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 one of those games. As we say, if you're going to be away, you want a winnable away game. Yeah. And we haven't done too bad at Oldham in recent years. No, no, not at all. Uh, we drew one all last season. I think the season before, did we win 3-1? We did, because Jack Salby scored that brilliant goal, didn't he, where he did that little turn on the ball. Yes. Uh, it was and Anthony Gerrard going back as well, wasn't it? Prior to that, I think we had that... I know it's uh, the trophy, so it doesn't really count, but it was still a win. Uh, was it 5-4, yeah, I think? Yeah, 5-4, I think it was. And we got like a goal in the 90th yeah. minute, something like that as well. Yeah. Crazy game, that one. But yeah, no, I think, looking at it, as good as we could I mean the nightmare would have been Wigan away because that's the one I think a lot of us want really because we, have we haven't been to Wigan's new ground yet which is crazy when you think how much we used to play them back in the day but we have, we've not actually been to the the DW Stadium for a match yet have we? No and I mean in a, when I was first going to away games in the mid 90s we, we had a bit of a rival with Wigan we <laughs> played them we? that much you know it's uh, there was it was always a big away game. It's easy to get to by road or rail. We always took a good following. Yeah. We always seemed to get them in the FA Cup. Oh yeah. But uh, no, it's it's a long it's a long time since we've played at Wigan. I'm pretty sure the last time we played at Wigan was about ninety seven, ninety eight season. Would be because they went up the season before with us, didn't they? I don't think they moved to the yeah. JJB until a year or two later. I think maybe after that. So, no, no. But certainly the last time in the league we played them was late 90s. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, Oldham, Oldham away. Um, it's it's going to be a packed month though, isn't it? Because I think all the first four rounds of the League Cup are going to be in that first four weeks, aren't they? It's going to be a bit crazy. Yeah, they've, they've, they've made the first games the first Saturday in September, which is actually International Weekend. So you've actually got a thing where some of the championship clubs could be playing even earlier the week before on the 29th yeah. because obviously some of the championship clubs will have several internationals but uh, if you if you win your first round game you are then playing on the 15th Tuesday the 15th 
if you win that, it's Tuesday the 22nd <laughs> for the third round. And if you win that, it's the fourth round on Tuesday the 29th. So, you know, they've, uh, they've, fairly, they've fairly packed these fixtures in to sort of... I mean, the first two rounds are usually August, aren't they? So. I suppose this is the advantage, isn't it, of the games being behind closed doors in a sense that they can they can have these games week after week there's not really concern oh fans aren't going to have time to arrange to go to the games because they're not allowed to yeah, go to the games yeah, so yeah. for the clubs it's not a major issue really is it in terms of that it's just going to be a shame that potentially we're going to be drawing Man United away in the third round and we're not going to be able to go possibly so just wait and see obviously yeah, but yeah. yeah it's one of those ones um, okay I think that just covers the EFL uh, EFL Cup draw the Carabao Cup draw um, so let's move on to league fixtures um, so these have all come out uh, again. It's a packed schedule, isn't it? Dan? Really, there's a there's a lot of midweek games in there. There's going to be a lot of uh, tired legs, I think, throughout the season, and that squad's going to get a hell of a, a, a workout, isn't it? Really, over the next uh, eight or nine months. Yeah, it's it also ties in with the uh, the league club. I, I think you'll actually have a few teams who've maybe got a tough draw away, who'll maybe think. Do we really need to load our fixtures up this early, considering how many yeah. we're going to have? If you if you've got a smaller squad, you know the league cup and the, the trophy might just be, you know, left to left to ruin. And but no, it's uh, it's busy. I think is it eleven or twelve midweek fixtures? I think it's eleven in our league, isn't it? I think yeah. it might be even and, more in the championship. Yeah, I think I think we've ended up with six at home and five away, which is always. Uh, it's a little advantage, you know, but no, it's uh, it's certainly going to be a long old slog. I mean, we we were talking when they came out. I think it's December has seven matches. Yeah. Which yes, it's usually busy around Christmas, but seven games in December before without any cups is is some going, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is as well though, if you actually looked at the schedule. The FA Cup is, a, I think, a week earlier than it normally is. I think it's just at the end of November rather than the start of December, possibly. Uh, I have a feeling it is. Let me load up actually the fixtures because I'll, I'll be able to tell if I look at December. Yeah, I think it's... Is it, is it possibly the 28th? Yes. The 7th and the 28th, I think it is. Yes, yes. Because if you, when you look, which actually shows them even closer because normally there's a three-week gap, I think, between the two, isn't there? So yeah. It shows again that they've crammed them in and... There's obviously no that FA Cup replays this gap. season, is there? So that is a free. Oh, sorry, you're right. You are right. It is a free week gap. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the numbers here. And I'm, you'd, you'd never guess I got an A in GCSE maths, would you? With that uh, kind of thing. But uh, but yeah. Ne- no, ne- so, next episode, mathematics with league. <laughs> oh god, can you imagine? Um, so yeah, so let, let's have a, just a look at some of the key fixtures. To start out. So first up, Cambridge away. Um, Middling sort of fixture, isn't it really? The CUFC Derby, yeah, or one of the two of them? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's uh, to, for some fans, I think it was maybe a little bit of a disappointment to be away first, but considering there's going to be no fans, does it really matter this season? No. Although I did, I did see a whisper that Cambridge would possibly be involved in some sort of test fixtures in September. Yeah, I saw that, but... The suggestion all around seems to be that away fans aren't going to be going to any games for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it is, it'll be Cambridge fans. And the reason I think the picking Cambridge is one of the test things is because it's a very sort of cramped and old facility sort of ground. 
bar one yeah, stand apart, behind apart, the goal. Apart from that stand behind yeah. the goal, which is for away fans these days, yeah. Yeah, which is about a mile from the pitch as well, for some bizarre reason. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure they probably wanted to move their ground in a similar way that Knighton wanted to move ours. Um, I would I would guess so. Yeah, so Cambridge would be an interesting one, because um, they, I seem to remember, they had a decent-ish sort of run towards the end of last season. I think they picked up a little bit of form under their yeah. new manager. That seems to ring a bell. I'm, to be honest, I've not looked. I'm not going to lie. I've not, <laughs> not done my research, as usual. Um, but so, so it'll be interesting. Obviously, Jack Idell's just gone there, so... Um, be facing up against him. Decent move for him, actually. To be fair, I've got to say that. Yeah, land, landed a two-year deal, so he'll be he'll be happy with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so first home game, uh, the second match is uh, Southend at home. Um, this will be an interesting one because they were an absolute shambles last season, weren't they? When you look at their yeah. results, when when you yeah. consider that, did they finish bottom in the end behind Bolton, who had a points deduction? I think. It I was very, very table. close. They were absolutely atrocious. Yeah. And uh, they brought uh, Super Sol Campbell in as yeah. manager in about December time. I but think even, it even well, he couldn't solve and that mess. <laughs> he, he, he made zero difference whatsoever. Yeah. You know, that they, they lost nearly every game under him. So, And apparently, the I don't think, I think they've got a bit of off-field problems by the sound of it, possibly financially. They've been struggling for a few years, haven't they? I think they've just been yeah. about scraping to keep in um, in the uh, League One last few years. So yeah. it'll be it'll be an interesting test, you know. That, 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 you, normally, you think our oh, team coming down might be tough, but actually, you look at it, I think to myself that's a winnable first home game, really. Yeah, if you, we we've like got ambitions so. of doing well, then it's a game we can win. Definitely, definitely. And it'll be yeah, it'll be an interesting test anyway. Um, Okay, uh, let's just look at the Christmas fixtures quickly then. Um, Boxing Day, Bolton home. Probably as good a fixture as we could have picked for this, isn't it? Because you don't want your Barrow one there, because the Barrow one is going to probably be a decent one anyway, and they'll, they'd then probably close all the pubs and stuff like that one day, I guess, if it was Barrow on Boxing Day. So Bolton home on Boxing Day, in normal circumstances, I'm saying here, actually, is as good as you could hope for. Yeah, in normal circumstances. Uh, I mean, you would assume Bolton will be up there. You would expect them to bring a good travelling support. I mean, we haven't played Bolton in a league fixture for... Oof. I think since mm. I was born, probably. I'd imagine yeah, that season. I'm just, maybe. I'm not sure I'm just loading out. it up here. Uh, last game against Bolton was 1988. Oh, that, that does a bit sooner March than I thought. 88. Yeah, we got beat uh, 2-0. Yeah. Obviously, we played them when we opened up the stand, didn't we, as well? The famous game, I think, where yes, uh, Stefan friendly, played, didn't he? Yeah. As a, a trialist and pretty much tried to kill one of their yes. players. <laughs> I seem to remember it was something <laughs> yeah. like that. Good old Stefan. Um, yeah, so Bolton home. But it's a cracking game for Boxing Day. Just a shame that it's probably going to be a limited crowd of maybe 4,000 or so. No way fans. Because that's the kind of game that would be a yeah, limited crowd. Yeah, I mean... I mean, if if we if we did get off to a good start, and obviously Bolton were up there, you're talking a five-figure gate potentially. You know, it's, yeah. If if the regulations it, it, are loosened, it, but. it's it's a good game, but it's a shame that it's under the current circumstance. I think is the best the best outlook on it. Mm, definitely. Uh, okay, next up, twenty uh, ninth of December. That, this this is a weird one. This just puzzled me because previously you'd have a game on Boxing Day. And then a game a couple of days later on one of the sort of the bank holiday it's carried over usually, isn't it, I think, or something like that, or, a, or the nearest Saturday. Yeah. But for some reason, uh, this is the Tuesday night game. So it's 20th yeah, December, boxing, we're away at Harrogate. 
Boxing Day is a Saturday, so the bank yeah. holiday is on the Monday. Yeah. The natural fixture date would be the Monday. Yeah. But I've seen a bit of chat about this when it came out. A lot of fans are possibly thinking, is it just to keep sort of the Saturday-Tuesday pattern going for the rest of the season, given the uh, the constraints of the That's, that's of probably the, the only solution schedule. I can think of, really. Obviously, yeah. the fact that away fans can't, probably won't be able to go either. Yeah. I mean, gutting, but... <laughs> it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the biggest surprise if some clubs mutually agreed to play on the Monday instead of the Tuesday. Yeah, especially if the way but... fans are allowed to go by then. I'm sure yeah. Harrogate would rather play us on a Monday when we'll bring a decent crowd down. Yeah, it depends. It's, we're looking into the future and we just don't know what the situation's going to be. That's that's the problem. Um, so yeah, Harrogate away, 29th of December to Tuesday night. Bit gutted about that, to be honest. If you was hoping that would be a towards the end of the season, we could have a nice little trip. But never mind. Just one of those things, isn't it? Um, and then yeah. next up, second of January. Uh, strangely, no um, New Year's Day game this year. I'm not sure there's a reason why for that. I'm sure. I That's think Saturday, I think it's it? because yeah, it's a Saturday the second. I'll probably explain why. It just makes it easy, doesn't it? It leaves, it leaves a little gap as well, I suppose, between the games. Um, so yeah, second of January, Walsall away. We played them right about the same time last year, didn't we? Really, at Walsall. It's, it's one of those games that always seems to be about that time of the year. Yeah, I think it's just steady ways, straight run down the motorways, and it's uh, yeah, yeah, no it's quite there. good for that time of yeah. year. Uh, jump forward to Easter now. Um, we'll focus on a few other fixtures in a minute. By the way, just I'm, I'm not ignoring the fixtures. Just want to talk about these ones in the key ones at the moment. Good Friday, Southend away. Nice little trip to the seaside for Easter. Yeah, nice local trip for Good Friday. <laughs> uh, obviously, I was, the team the team will travel down on the Thursday, no doubt. And it's it's a bit of a shame that the uh, the airport is currently closed for flights because yeah. Carlisle to Southend was a was a service. Yeah, but uh, no, it's a good good old long slog. Uh, obviously, you would like to, you would hope we'd possibly get some away fans by. The time Easter comes around. Do you know what, Dan? I was just thinking about this before. I think Southend Away was the first time I met you in person, wasn't it? I think we were on Brian Hall's bus going down, I think. I, I seem to yeah, remember we possibly, got stuck on... Yeah. It was a boiling hot day. I think it was under when Ian Atkins was manager. Or, yeah. Yeah, in fact, it would be Ian Atkins' manager. And I it was a boiling hot day and we got stuck on the M25 for ages and it was the hottest coach ever. It was one of Brian Hall's uh, buses that used to run. Um, yeah, yeah. And I seem to remember watching Jimmy Grimble on the... Uh, on the video player on it or something. Yeah, like I think I think I think we actually pulled up at about quarter to three or something, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. And and the the Carlisle team themselves had been held up due to bad traffic in the area yeah. caused by what had happened on the motorway. Mm. I said just remember Gordon Connolly maybe scored that day seems to ring a bell, maybe possibly, Tony Hopper possibly, possibly, I'm not sure. Yeah. Some something like that. I'm sure I'll look it up later anyway. Um yeah. so yeah, that's South Underway on Good Friday. Easter Monday, Scunthorpe at home, that is the your Stereotypical Easter Monday game for me. Just, just yeah. they're never generally Nor- exciting northern matches, opponent. are they? No, it's a northernish opponent, yeah. uh, and it's it's one that would hope uh, will be a win for us. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Uh, final two games, so the last away game. I'm really pleased about this, and I think this is a belter. Late Orient away. It's one of my favourite away days because it's a nice little trip down on the train. Even what from Liverpool, it's two hours from. Carlisle, it's what, three hours now, is it, these days? Yeah, three um, and a quarter hours. Uh, it's, it's just perfect, isn't it? It's a great away day to finish the season. Audience, one of those games that a lot of people look forward to because it's it's a trip to London, 
There's a couple of decent pubs at Orient. You can get a good pint round the Liverpool Street area before you head up to yeah. Orient. And it, it's just usually... and we, we don't normally do too bad at Orient either. It's one of those yeah. games that I certainly look forward to fixtures come out. And uh, it'd be nice if we can have some fans in because it's, it's one I like to do myself. Yeah, I'd hope by then that surely fans would be allowed in. You know, I go and have a nice pint, and it's the coaching horses, isn't it? The one we usually go yeah, to. Yeah, I've I've actually stopped in the coaching horses for a week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When I worked in East London, I worked on a a project down the road, and when we went there, we needed digs for a week, and we stopped in what can only be described as a sixteen bedded room <laughs> on the top floor that was four gangs of lads working on jobs. I can imagine and, the smell of that room. It must have been yeah, something well, else. <laughs> it was it was interesting, shall we say? Yeah, but, I can uh, I can just imagine that. But no, it's it's it's, it's always a good pub, and yeah. you know it's it's one of those popular away pubs everyone knows. So. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to do maybe a special on away days and on away pubs or something like that. I reckon that'd be a good one because mm. there's lo- plenty of stories from them. I'm sure. Um, okay, last last game overall, last home game, uh, Walsall. Um, Again, just good to have a home game to finish the season, isn't it, actually? Yeah, it's, it's, we, it's we would have had one this season, but obviously it didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, it's, it's quite similar to the Scunthorpe on Easter Monday. It's just your yeah. nondescript sort of opponent at home. So yeah, ho- hopefully we'll all be socially distanced celebrating on the pitch uh, indeed, promotion. Indeed. Well, hopefully those regulations have been dropped and we can all yeah. celebrate together with any luck. But um, it's a good one for Warsaw as well, I suppose, actually. The easy one for them to get up to, so... Yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. be happy with, happy enough with that. Okay, let's look at the other games. Are the this three we've picked out here? We'll maybe have a quick scan through the fixture list again in a minute. But um, the ones everyone's obviously talking about, Barrow. So Barrow home is on the third of October. Now I say that with a little trepidation, really, because we thought at first start of October is when fans are going to be allowed back in, didn't we? Yes. But what we're reading now, particularly what Nigel Clibbins has been saying on the official website, we're not hundred percent on that now, are we? No, it was it was quite. I've seen seen a couple of people sort of mention this. He seemed his wording seemed to suggest that it will be the end of October, didn't it? Yeah, that's the impression I got. That's the impression I got. So, I mean, it's it's bad enough that away fans aren't going to be allowed because it would have been a great atmosphere. Would have been an interesting game to say at least. I, I would imagine if away fans had been allowed. The police probably would have been saying that's a midday kickoff. It's you know we're not. Yeah, what what early, what, so. Nig- what Nigel Clibbin said on the official site was, yeah. uh, I think fixture release day helps in terms of us knowing when we may potentially be able to have fans back in. You can see with the way the fixtures have fallen that we've got three home games before the end of October, and based on the statement the Prime Minister made in July, it looks like we could have twenty home fixtures for season ticket holders. Hmm. But obviously, he does also say that, you know, it's all still very uncertain yeah. and they're waiting to hear you definitively. But it's looking like it could be a 20-game season ticket. So obviously, when the fixtures came out, we only had Southend at home in September. And you were like, oh, you know, that's we might only miss one game. Yeah. But if a club are talking about the end of October, uh, we've got Barrow on the 3rd, Colchester on the 17th, and then Morecambe on Tuesday the 27th. Yeah. I mean, that's another three games. So yeah. are they maybe looking at the Morecambe game? Are they 
you know, it's. Tarzan I'm sure a lot more. Tarzan. A lot more will come out on this in the next couple of weeks. But uh, I think there would be a bit of disappointment if it wasn't early October from uh, most fans. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those ones, isn't it? You look at it and you think. You'd hope that Barrow game is one of the first one back because it's a belting game to have as the first one back. I know we sort of scoffed a little bit, though. They're from Lancashire, and you know it's not really the derby, so. but people are excited about it. So it's 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 a game that will get fans talking. So and certainly get. I can imagine BBC uh, Cumbria are going to make their uh, money's worth of talking about that game. I'm sure <laughs> at least. Anyway. Oh yeah, definitely. Dual um, commentary from uh, James and Adam Johnson. I'm sure. But yeah, so Barrow on the third of October. Hopefully fans will be there, but we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Barrow Away is on the 10th of April. Now that's um, quite close to the end of the season, isn't it, actually? Let me have a quick look and check again. I think there's how many it's games to six, go? our sixth last game. Yeah, so, you know, that that, that point, we could, we could be pushing for the playoffs or promotion. You never know. If you could, anything could be happening at that point. So it's, it'll be an interesting one whether Away fans will be allowed back then. I was reading a few things from um, Barrow fans on Twitter and they seemed really pleased that it was towards the end of the season because they were really hoping that we'd be able to get away fans to the game because they obviously want a good atmosphere. They don't want, you know, they want some a bit of needle there, really. So, but obviously they're also looking forward to playing against Morecambe, as, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, as, as sorry, as, as we said last yeah. time, Morecambe seems to be a bigger game for them. Uh, yeah, it's. It, I, I would I would class ours more as the Radio Cumbria derby as opposed yeah. to a. A bona fide derby. No, the A595 derby, actually. So it pretty much runs the whole way down, doesn't it, from Carlisle to Barrow? <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see what the actual mileage is in terms of that as a derby, because that, that's a hell of a long... Uh, Any, anybody out. who goes to, to watch Carlisle at Barrow using the A595 all the way, fair play to them. I think they need their heads checked, quite frankly. It's bad enough driving there from Cockermouth. Um, okay, so that's the Barrow ones looked at. Uh, Bolton away. Um Tuesday the 20th of April, so that is the third or fourth last game, is it? I think it's the fourth last game, yes. Um, we've never played at the Reebok Stadium, have we? Obviously, as you mentioned before, we've not played them since 88, so that'll certainly be one to look forward to. I know, I know a lot of Cala fans have been, who go to away games at least, have been to Bolton, though, haven't they? Because I don't yeah, know if you were on was... this trip, wasn't it? I went no, on this trip. I... I went, uh, We, I think we were meant to play football and it got called off. Yeah. In, it was Rochdale away, wasn't team. it? Yeah. Rochdale away got called off and Bolton were playing Huddersfield and yeah. approximately two or three hundred Carlisle fans changed direction and Bolton was on and all went in the away end. Yeah. And at <laughs> half time you had this bizarre scenario of Huddersfield fans singing and then Carlisle fans singing and everyone just like, what's What's going on here? You know, and obviously they obviously realised that Carlisle at Rochdale had been called off, so just went to a game. My my memory of that game is that uh, Delroy Facey had an absolute blinder for Huddersfield, and he? he was probably best player on the pitch. And I've, I always sort of what followed his career slightly after that point because I thought you know what a good little player, never never quite lived up to the promise. I don't think. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Bolton away. Uh, to be honest, I'm not too fussed on that one being a Tuesday night. I don't mind because it's pretty easy to get to, isn't it? And obviously, you won't be able to do it by train. Well, will you be able to do it tra- by train, actually? You'll know this because yes. there's, there's a late night train, isn't there? There is late trains from Manchester to Carlisle. Uh, it obviously depends whether they stop at Horwich. Horwich. But I suppose if you but, get to Horwich, you can always get back to Manchester, can't you? Probably. Yeah, but there, also, so. given if if we are allowed decent followings by then. 
they could actually make a train stop almost, you know. Yeah, possibly. Stop ordering. So that's an interesting one. Um, quick look at the fixture list. It's much of a muchness, isn't it? It's really hard to tell. I mean, like you said, December looks tough. Um, I'm particularly looking here. We've got Salford at home to start it, then Bradford away a few days later. Mansfield at home as well. That's another tough one. Forest Green away is a long trip. And Bolton at home, that, that that's a month that does look, even, not even just taking into account the fact that you've got seven fixtures there, but just in terms of the quality of teams you're playing, it looks a tough month, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's uh, it's certainly going to be. And obviously, by the time December comes round, with the sort of condensed, um, October's a busy month with seven games. Yeah. You're going to have the trophy games in uh, September, October, November. FA Cup early rounds, you know, we we could by the time December comes, I'm just counting it up here, we'll be fourteen league games in, three trophy games, at least one League Cup and one FA Cup. So you're talking at least twenty nearly twenty games just in September, October, November. Which that's, that's pretty brutal, that isn't it, when you think about it's it. Gonna really. be, it's gonna be busy, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. The only other fixture you'd probably pick out again, looking at it, is Morecambe away is one we always look forward to, isn't it? That's six of March, so hopefully away fans will be allowed by then. We can uh, have a nice little trip to the seaside again. And the only other one I'm looking at is because I'm annoyed about it is my birthday's Cheltenham away, which is just a crap, boring game. <laughs> I was I was hoping for late in Orient away or something like that for that weekend, but sadly we're, we're away at Cheltenham, so I won't be going to that one on my birthday. Okay, I think that's pretty much covered the EFL fixtures. I don't think... Normally you get a load of people grumbling about them, don't you, in certain parts but I haven't seen really many major gripes, so I think people are generally happy, aren't they, Danny? Yeah, they seem to be. I mean, like like I said, just with all the uncertainty around the, the you know, just the general fans being allowed in, it's, it's, it's just all different, isn't it? You know, I mean, I know I certainly... One of the first things I do is fixtures come out you check what you're working against it and whereas this year I waited till the end of the day before I did it just because you know that it's not going to be a while before we can go away etc no definitely not okay uh, let's move into the last bit EFL Trophy we're playing Fleetwood Sunderland and Villa under 23's Academy don't really care I'm not going to talk about any more than that to quote Richard Keyes daft little game silly little trophy off basically so (laughs) That's it. Sorry, what what are you talking about, Matt? Oh, sorry, nothing, nothing. Let's move on. Let's move on. Ah, no, no. <laughs> no okay. That's literally all you're going to get from us this season. We're not going to talk about the games. Neither of us care about it. So that that's just the way it is. Okay, I think we've we've covered fixtures there, Dan, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we can we can move on now. Um, let's uh, move on to um, let's let's have part two now, and we're going to talk about uh, squad updates. In from Tyler, serious away from Manaka. Furman with the left foot, drives it for the goal! That is a stunner! Back in the lead again! Wow, wow! He doesn't score too many! In fact, if I'm not mistaken, is this his fist? Dean Furman with a thunderous crack for uh, Super Sport United. And they are back into the lead. 
not being able to cover those areas and also with the okay we're back it's part two now and um, we're going to move on to squad news we've got some more new signings to talk about Dan haven't we um, no we're not yeah. done with the eight in the week we've got three more arriving through the door since then and none of them are called Jamie Devitt <laughs> yeah all, all gone very quiet that one yeah, it yeah, has. We, we 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 haven't really got much of an update to give you on that one, so we're not going to talk about that this week. I just wanted to get his name no, mentioned, no. just just for the sake of it. No, but yeah, so, well, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, as as fans have noticed, he's uh, David's been playing in friendlies for Blackpool. Mm. So, well, he played against uh, um, Barrow, didn't he? But he hasn't played against Everton at the weekend, where Jared Bradfield yeah. played. Started for Everton, actually. Yeah. yeah so until 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 we hear more, we won't really know. Nope. Indeed. So let's just have a quick update on trialists before we move on to the new signings. Joe Fry has gone back to Middlesbrough, partly because of one of the new signings who's arrived, I'd imagine. It seems like we're, we're keeping an eye on him. It might be a long-term thing that we maybe go back to him at some point yeah, in the future. Yeah, uh, I was having a little look around uh, today and Joe Fryer isn't actually listed uh, on Middlesbrough's website as part of their under-23 squad. There yeah. was, I think there was three or four keepers he wasn't one of them. I, I wonder if it's like he's possibly his contracts finally ran out. Yeah. But given he's been out injured so long, maybe two years. But 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 allowing him to uh, regain his fitness there before he gets a move somewhere. Well, clubs do have a duty towards players, don't they? If they've been out injured yeah, for a long yeah. time as well, I think so. That might well be it. So yeah, it doesn't look like Fry is going to sign anytime soon. But it seems like he's one that Beach might be keen on in the future. Maybe a situation if. Magnus Norman doesn't work out this season. They might look back at him next season if he's gone somewhere and done well. But they obviously yeah, keep the tabs on him. Yeah. Or if Farman moves on after the yeah. year, you know, it's uh, never know. Possible. Never know. Okay, so that's Joe Fry's moved on. Junior uh, Mondell seems to be pretty unlucky, doesn't he? Um, he's um, had a couple of knocks and hasn't actually. Well, he's played one game, I think, so far, hasn't he? I think the first one against Fleetwood, he played briefly, but since then he's not featured in the two other games. So. It's one of those ones. He's running out of time to earn a contract, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, he's picked up a knock and I think that it's not been the best timing, especially with the signing of uh, Toure, which we'll come yeah. on to in a minute. Incidentally, a lot of people won't realise Junior Mondel's real name is actually Lewis Clive Scoble. I know, so that's your name. We need to, if anybody knows why he refers to himself as Junior Mondal. He must have a reason. Give, yeah. give us a shout on uh, Twitter or email. Yeah, we'd love to know. We'd love to know. Okay, well, briefly, let's touch on the, the final trialist. Uh, it's one that certainly caught the eye a little bit. Dean Furman. Bit of quality, really, for midfield, potentially. Um, Ex-Rangers, Oldham and Doncaster Rovers player. He's a South African. He's, in fact, he, what, I don't know if he still is, but he was the South African international captain, wasn't he? He's got a shed load yeah. of caps of them, I think. Let me just double check that, because I should have looked at this before, shouldn't I? Mr. Organised as usual here. He's got, have a look, 56 caps in the last eight yeah, years. That's pr- pretty good going. He's, he's been playing back in uh, South Africa for Supersport United yeah. in, the, in the South African Premier League, which isn't a bad level. You know, I think mm. uh, certainly the, the better teams in that league would give teams over here a good game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm not talking Premier League level, but certainly, sort of Championship and League One. And uh, I, I believe with Thurman, I think it said he's possibly a child on the way. Uh, I think he might have just had a child. Possibly, I'm not or, sure. Or, he, or he's got a young child, yeah. and he's obviously looking to move home. I think because I think he's. I think for a lot, for maybe the last year or so, 
I say home, but obviously his footballing home is yeah. uh, probably... Well, he, he moved to England when he was five, didn't he? So it, it, it's pretty much been his home most of his life. And I think his his family might have moved back before he finished his contract at Supersport United in South Africa. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so yeah it, it's... I, I do love the name Supersport United, though, by the way. It just sounds like one of those yeah. made-up names from, like, pro-evolution it, soccer, doesn't it? It's... He's, he's one of these players that uh, I've, I've mentioned before, I've always thought would be a good signing, mm. both when he left Oldham and he left Doncaster. He, yeah. One of those players that you just think, I wouldn't mind him here. Yeah. Solid, and, solid holding midfielder, chips him with a few goals though, doesn't he? Yeah, and dare, dare I say it, is he, would he possibly be an upgrade on Mike Jones? I know Mike Jones was a, a bit of a crowd favourite, hard working, but... Uh, Dean Furman is certainly of a, a similar ilk and possibly plays a slightly a level above. Yeah, well, I mean, Mike Jones doesn't have 56 international caps, does he? Although that's no, probably no. just unlucky that he wasn't born in Cape Town. So uh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit different, isn't it, really? But but yeah, no, I, I, I think he's... A, when I saw he was linked, I thought, hmm, it's an interesting one. I wasn't sure how old he was, but he's only 32, actually. He's the same age as Jones is right now. But... Um, but arguably played at a little bit of a higher level than, than Jones. So yeah, an interesting and, one. And he would also bring some much-needed sort of experience. I mean, you look at our midfield options, very they're young, all they? very young, aren't they? And yeah. even if he doesn't play every game, you know, just just having someone, the wise old head there, could 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 be a good little move if it happens. Yeah. Well, he played he played the uh, the full game in the friendly against Wigan. We'll briefly talk about that in a little bit. So suggestion seems to be that they're probably looking at trying to offer him a deal just from the wording of what's been said in interviews and stuff they seem yeah, very keen yeah. Though, don't they? yeah okay so that's trialists covered let's move on to the new signings then dan um so first up we've got a, a new goalkeeper another one uh, we've only got two and it's a it's an interesting one paul farman you look at the stats he's arguably one of the best keepers in league two last season wasn't he yeah a lot of stevenage fans uh wished him well when the move was announced oh, there was dozens of them wasn't there yeah and the general gist seemed to be, yes, we got beat 2 or 3 nil every week last season, but if it wasn't for him, it would have been 4 or 5 nil. Well, did they get beat 2 or 3 nil? Because they, they, actually, they're got, I'm sure they, did they concede less goals than us, possibly? I might be wrong on that, but I, yeah. I, I seem to, remember, their, their defensive record isn't as bad as you'd think. They were just dreadful going forward. Yeah, yeah. So, partly because of him, obviously. I know on D3, uh, D4, uh, on Twitter, they do a few stats on uh, on obviously League Two, and yeah. as far as goalkeepers goes, Farman was in the uh, sort of the top half a dozen for saves, and uh, I can't remember what the other one was, but yeah, his, his, num- his numbers were saves, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, his numbers were equivalent to what you would expect of a, a top six keeper, yeah. not a bottom of the league player. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, quick look back at his career here. I've got the stats here. So, he started out his youth career at Newcastle United. I think he was possibly there just before, and a couple of years before Mark Gillespie was there. So, I think him and Gillespie seem to know each other, don't they? Yeah, I saw Gillespie wishing him, uh, telling him it was a great move for him going to Carlisle. So, they obviously So, he had a youth career at Newcastle, didn't make it as a professional there. Went to Blythe Spartans, um, had a brief loan at Washington. That's not the American side. That's the one in uh, Sunderland. I believe that'd be a very low level. That one that'd probably be about Carlisle City level, I think. Washington, yeah, yeah. possibly. After he did okay at Blythe Spartans, only played fourteen games. He went to Gateshead, clearly did very well there. Earned a loan move to Lincoln City, and it was Lincoln City where his career really took off, wasn't it? He played two hundred one games for them. Um, he was part of that team that got promoted back to the uh, football league and went on that incredible run in the FA Cup. Um, their fans seemed to really like him for some reason. He 
he left. He had a loan spell at Boston as well. Uh, Boston United, that is. For some reason, he left them then in 2018. I don't know if that was them wanting to upgrade or him deciding to try and find a better deal. Went to Stevenage, played his 68 games, and now he's at Carlisle, back in the North East, because he's from North Shields originally. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, 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 I have to admit, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that one. I think it's, it's hard to say yet whether it's an upgrade on Adam Collin, but when you look at the two keeps you've got, there's good competition there, isn't that's the, That's the key thing. Yeah, one one thing we've suffered in the last couple of years is our number two keepers. I mean, Lewis Gray just he wasn't strong or good enough, was he? No. Uh, you know, the season we had Bonham and George. George was sadly abysmal when he uh, had that. Was it Stevenage we played midweek? Oh, yes. I drove up to that game and I remember driving back and I stopped at Killington Lake Services just to grab a McDonald's. I mean, to I'd basically finished work and drove straight to the game from Liverpool and I was stood there and I was waiting for McDonald's and who comes up next to me at the counter it's Mike Jones <laughs> to get some food <laughs> and he looks at me and I had a Hertha Berlin shirt and I didn't have a Carlisle shirt he's like what shirt's that it's Hertha Berlin it's like alright oh, it's like yeah it's like so you've been to football tonight it's like yeah yeah where have you been I was like and I pointed at his tracksuit he's like oh sorry for that <laughs> we, we, we were abysmal weren't we to be fair he was spot on like the yeah, Shamal George had probably one of the worst games you can imagine there. But interestingly enough, he looks like he's been offered a deal by Colchester. So he might be getting his way back into the Football League. That's a random one. Yeah, it's a strange one, because he was on loan at Marine at Workington's level last season. Yeah. Never lived up to his promise at Liverpool, his early promise. No. So yeah, Farman, pretty happy that one. One brief little story about Paul Farman before we carry on. Um, I went to watch us play at Stevenage a couple of years ago. I think it was possibly towards the end of the season with Sheridan and Presley in charge. In fact, yeah, it would be, thinking off the top of my head. And we were pretty rubbish that day. I think we got beat 2-0 or something like that. Second half, we were attacking the opposite end where they built the new stand and we were obviously the stand behind the goal. And Farman's in net to them and he's not got much to do. He's sort of just pottering around. And there was one bloke stood, or sat, about 10, 20 yards away from me and Mike Booth, one of the other hosts on the show. And for the whole second half, every 40 seconds or so, he just went, Farman! <laughs> and there'd be deadly silence. And then just go, Farman! And I thought, what the, does he know him or something? It's just, just bizarre. And every, just every now and then, just farming. And I'm just praying that that fella's got a season ticket in the Warwick Road end. As you can imagine, <laughs> he, he'll be the delight of his life to see it, to be able to shout farming again to him. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, just a, he just one tickled me at the time. And as soon as I saw he was signing, I sent, sent a message to Mike saying, you're never going to believe this. Guess who we're signing. So yeah, so that's goalkeeper side. Next one up. I suppose he's, he's classed sort of as a defender, but it seems like we're going to play him a lot further forward where he has played further forward a lot more. He's Brennan Dickinson. Certainly one that came a bit out of the left field. There was no mention of him at all, was there? But No, he, yeah. he, he was definitely under the radar, but uh, he's he's been a good, solid performer at League 1, League 2 level for yeah. three or four years. And uh, he, it looks like we're going to play 4-3-3. And it looks like he could play on the left, either of the front three or the middle three. Yeah, he could play on the right as well, I think, in the sort of... Yeah. I think maybe in the Nathan also, Thomas sort of role, isn't he's, it? He's also played games uh, left-back as well. I mean, we've got plenty of cover there, but uh, in an emergency, he's, he seems a very handy sort of player to have. Well, watching the highlight reel that the club put up after he signed, he's sort of uh, the shades of... I'm not saying he's a combination of the both and as good as both, but sort of shades of Nathan Thomas... But also shades of Danny Granger in there, isn't it? In terms of his long-range finishing in particular and his free yeah. kicks. And it's one thing we, we, we lacked a little bit last season, wasn't it? It was set-piece takers. We didn't really yeah, have was, anyone who could take one. It was only when uh, Elliot Watt came in on loan that our set-pieces suddenly improved, wasn't it? Yeah, so he's definitely one that uh, he could add a bit of quality. And 
he's, he's not certainly not a gamble, is he? He's clearly had quality, but he's never played this far north, has he? I'm just looking. So I've got his, his career stats up here. So he started out at Southampton as a youth player. Uh, never made a first team appearance for them. Went to Dorchester Town in the non-leagues. Clearly did very well there. 22 games, five goals. Was snapped up by Brighton and Hove Albion in 2012. Never played a first team game for Brighton, though. He was out on loan at Chesterfield, AFC Wimbledon and Northampton Town. After that, he went to Gillingham, where he must have been playing left-back for them, I'm guessing, because he's 67 games and two goals. Then he ends up in 2016 at Colchester for three years, where he plays 85 games and scores 15 goals. So clearly he's been pushed a bit further forward, maybe played to wing-back more than a left-back. And he starts chipping in a few more goals as well to help the team. That earned him a move to MK Dons. That just didn't work out, did it, looking at it. He, he had half a season there, and he played seven games, I think. Tisdale struggled a bit as manager, didn't he? And I think that maybe yeah, didn't help yeah. it. And ends up at Exeter at the end of last season. Plays 10 games and scores twice. Now he's ended up with us. So he's, he, that, that spell at Colchester shows he's got quality. And I think Gillingham fans really rated him as well. So potentially just that little bit of quality in terms of supply as well, further forward up the pitch. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. definitely uh, one that fans of other teams will maybe notice and go oh, that, that's a good signing you know yeah I think the Exeter fans are a bit disappointed that he was let go because I think I think he signed for them permanently rather than on loan actually funny enough yeah. it's, it's hard to tell I thought at first it was a loan spot but it looks here like it was permanent ok Dan and so let's go on to the final signing he's a forward so he's a sort of striker winger can play across the front three by the looks of things it's, he hasn't got a Wikipedia page actually it's Gimme Toure interesting wasn't it it's, here is one that we we had heard about but we only heard about back in January and then he went quiet and suddenly he's turned up again yeah the, it, it was meant rumoured that we were one of a host of clubs who were looking at him and there was actually rumours of a derisory bid but it was sort of put down to agent talk at the time wasn't it yeah it was one of those ones isn't it I think Hartlepool uh, had a little bit of a grumble to the press didn't mention our name but there was enough hints in the article, wasn't it, to suggest that we were the team that made the deriser offer. Similar rumours, wasn't there, about, uh, I think, John Rooney, wasn't it, that we made an offer to Barrow that was a particularly yeah, poor one, yeah, apparently. So we must have been... The, the less said about that, the better. Yeah, we must have been thrown around uh, a few notes. When I say a few, I mean literally a few at that time. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so he's an interesting, wasn't he? Looking at his videos, he's certainly a player that's going to excite the fans, isn't he? But by all accounts consistency might be the the challenge with him is is he, he strikes me as a player is going to go one of two ways he'll either be francois zoko or kevin osai there'll be no <laughs> no middle ground he's going to be one or the other for me i think yeah I, I can't see him being average but i mean looking at that first friendly against wigan he, he clearly did well in that so he, he's one that um I think he's one who's going to excite fans, isn't he? Seems to like yeah, cut, cutting in from the left, doesn't he? And pinging it in the top corner anyway. He's, he's got he's, simple goals. He's also at an age where he needs to sort of prove himself now, you know? I mean, is he 26, 27? He's, 26. He's been, 26. He's been, it's in, interesting he's 26 because I think Zoka was 28 when he signed for us, wasn't he? He was a bit yeah. older, so you know, you know. But Zoka played a higher level, to be fair, as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, if, if he really wants to make his mark on football here uh, we've, we're giving him the platform and uh, hopefully he, he kicks on for us yeah. well he's he's French born isn't he um, but I think he's got Mali citizenship I seem to re- remember reading somewhere uh, me and you worked out didn't we how many French players have played for us now I think it's 9 or 10 isn't it 
depending on how you define it. So obviously the first was big Stefan Podovacic. You had Stefan Le Monchand. You had Lauren Crocky. Um, who else was there? Kevin Asai. Uh, Matthew Manset. Oh, you know, I wrote this list down the other day and I've, I didn't actually save it for myself. <laughs> I sent it to you. So let me have a look. I'll see. I'll find this list and... You you came up with Manset as one of the players. I'm sure you did. So. Yeah, there was there was a couple you'd missed that I uh, I remembered. Pascal Shimbonda as well, obviously. Got to remember yeah. him. Um, technically born in Guadeloupe, but he played for the France national. How side. how could how could you forget the greatest of them all, Junior Joachim? Junior, oh, I, I I do apologise for. And Jeremy Helan, who was on loan from was it Man City? Man City and retired from the game to follow religion, didn't he? Yes. So yeah. he just wants to. That, that, that's the full list, isn't it? I think. And, and Vincent Perigard, we counted, even though he's born in Cameroon, he played for France under 21. So technically, we can count him in that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, an interesting list there. So that's 10 in total, I think, looking at it, including Toure, obviously. So, yeah, there's your French players who played for us. Quick scan down through uh, Toure's career. Uh, a bit of a mishmash, isn't it, really? He started out at uh, Brest B. So he obviously did make the first team at Brest. Uh, was it very Chatillon? Um, I think, to, to be fair, I think B, their B teams are the equivalent of our under-23 yeah, teams. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. He, 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 youth level, essentially, was at Brest, I think. So he was yeah. at very, very Chatillon. He was at West Brom, 23 through. But I didn't actually know that until I looked at this. Yeah, I didn't see that mentioned anywhere. Uh, he was at La, Revo- La Roche-Vendie, uh, Fonte Foot vendie um, then he ended up at Macclesfield randomly. Always seems to be players end up at random lower league English clubs, don't they? From France, um, yeah. had a spell at Fylde, spell at Sutton, turned up at Hartlepool. Where he's had his best spell, I think, so far. And then obviously he's ended up with us. So I think he's one that certainly excite the fans when we're allowed back in games. Obviously, but um, yeah. good start in the friendly the other day. Let's briefly touch actually on the friendly, shall we? While we're at it, so the last two games, Gateshead. I know you didn't watch the stream, did you? Because. Uh, you were calling me a scab for going on that, I think. Yeah, but boycotted <laughs> it. Exactly. Because um, obviously that was a bit of a late change from Gated, a little bit north. You can understand why they wanted to do it, but should really have sorted it a bit sooner. Played pretty well in spells. Um, a bit unlucky to draw it, really. It was a wonder goal for, from Gated to equalise. Probably should have got a few more goals than we did, but these games aren't about results, really, are they? They're no, I mean... Getting I, the rustiness think- out of them. I did see a couple of fans complaining a little bit. Oh, one one with Gateshead, but it's all about minuting the legs at the moment. You yeah, know exactly that. You, you'll see all sorts of results in the next couple of weeks. Well, as long as players are getting football in the legs, they're getting ready. And that's that's when it'll matter. The thing is, clubs are at different levels of development as well for this season, aren't they? So, for yeah, instance, yeah. Gateshead had only played a few weeks early, hadn't they, in the uh, conference playoffs or yeah, National yeah, League North yeah. playoffs? So they were probably in better shape than we were in a weird turn of events. Yeah, um, yeah. And yet, we then obviously play Wigan this weekend at Wigan's training ground. 1-2-1. That was Wigan's first game of pre-season. We were three games ahead of them, effectively, at that point. So Yeah, and I, I, I think I think most of the reason as to why it wasn't really talked about prior would probably... I think they're, they're a bit apprehensive at Wigan that there could be some sort of protests given the uh, situation they find themselves in at the moment. Yeah, with all the off off the field issues, isn't there? Really, it's 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 one of those ones where they they probably don't want fans to know that games are going on anywhere. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think Ian Everton Alton mentioned that they were playing Wigan on Tuesday coming up, and 
all all hell broke loose from <laughs> Wigan fans on uh, Twitter. They were like, Whoa, you know, we're playing. And <coughs> but you look at the, the the Wigan side; it was a strong side, wasn't it? When you look at the team there, Joe Garner obviously playing for them. It was it was interesting to read uh, the battle he was having with uh, Aaron Hayden. Look at the highlights. Yeah, same same there was, seemed like they had a, a proper ding dong, which. Uh, you like to see, don't you? Know, you? For, for for a pre-season, it's uh, it's always good to see. Yeah, and I've, you know, you know, we all know what Joe Garner's like. He's got every trick yeah. in the book. And, I mean, you you take him back tomorrow, wouldn't you? Any, oh, any day, definitely. Like. Joe Garner's one of those players you absolutely love him when he plays for you, but you can't stand it when he plays against you. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, he must be what 34, 35 now. I, I think he's only about thirty-two. You know. It's incredible, isn't it, when you yeah. think about it? He's had a bit quite a career, hasn't he? He's been about a yeah. bit. Um, so yeah, so good result there. Two-one win. Goals from Alessandra and uh, Toure. I think it's Alessandra's second goal of preseason. He's doing all right, actually, isn't he? Yeah, it's not yeah. one we expected goals from, really. So yeah, he's done all right. And nice to see Toure get off to a good start of a goal. Only downside, really, that game is the slight injury to Amari Patrick. A little bit of a worry there. Yeah. The- the, the, I think he has had a bit of a niggle with his hamstring reading uh, reports and uh, he only he only lasted 16 minutes. I know, I think it was possibly his Instagram or something he mentioned, you know, I was only on briefly, let's let's get it sorted, ready for the season. So I don't, I don't think at the moment it's a major worry. Yeah. Oh, but, oh, to be uh, honest, is it a major surprise that a player like him who's just got but probably the fastest player in the club, he's got bags of pace, they're always going to have slight issues with the hamstring, aren't they? Just because they're kind of players. There. Yeah, and it's especially with the uh, the sort of stop-start nature of the fitness and training over the last few yeah. months. It's I don't think he'll be the first, and he certainly won't be the yeah. last. Well, I, I hope he can get his sword because I I've said this to you before, and I've said it here on this podcast. I genuinely think he could be a really exciting player for us. He's, he yeah, just seems yeah. to have a, a few tricks in his in his locker and plenty of pace. I think he's one of those players who. I mean, we sat next to each other for the um, rare we actually sit next to each other at home games isn't it I was in the main stand for the yeah. game against Morecambe and he had a great game that day he's got a brilliant goal and he's one of those players I genuinely think he could be a really good player for us um, yeah, so yeah, yeah that's the pre-season game so far we've got a game on Tuesday night against Sunderland uh, I, I think it'll be afternoon that's, that. Sunday, that's afternoon of course oh, that's Sunday yeah, Tuesday yeah. afternoon because obviously the second yeah. you can play the one, Academy of Light Trading Complex yep, that's the one and um, and we've heard we've heard there's, suggestions there's, of a couple more games in there, but we don't know the full. Yeah, yet. but we don't know we don't know the opponents. Uh, I think next Saturday there's a game lined up, but uh, again, it's uh, it's all very quiet. It'll be interesting to see who it's against. Um, but yeah, so that's that, that's where we are at the moment um, in terms of games, obviously uh, that kind of thing. Let's briefly cover season tickets here, Dan. So just a quick update here. So sales uh, so far are over fourteen hundred. Um, and we're recording this on Sunday night and tomorrow morning, Monday morning is when the season tickets go on sale to people who didn't have a season ticket last year and you're one of them aren't you because I think you weren't able to last year because of the shift pattern yeah, it's, yeah it's, I, I think I worked out last season it it wasn't worth uh, I, I ended up missing three or four games so the, the discount wasn't worth it for me yeah. last season but uh no, uh, I'll be getting mine tomorrow, and yeah. so, um, there's no doubt plenty of others. Yeah, well. so fourteen hundred is a little bit down on last year, but I think in the circumstances, it, it's not a massive surprise, really, because there'd be no. I think I think early by last season was approximately seventeen hundred, three hundred down. Which, yeah, but I also wonder if 
maybe some folk aren't getting you know the the free the free under sevens tickets etc that's very true you know that that sort of thing which which all gets counted yeah it's true so even taking in the circumstances i think it's a fantastic achievement to to get 1400 people to say yep we're going to come back we we want to come to the games and i think it suggests that there's going to be a decent gap a decent amount of extra space there for for what well not walk-up sales but single game sales as well isn't there i think that yeah I, th- I, th- I think i think walk-ups from what i've heard walk-ups won't happen but there'll certainly be advanced purchase possible which will close at say five o'clock on a friday so they know exactly how many are in etc yeah. so yeah that's that's good news that the 1400 there hopefully will be a another thousand or so maybe more in the next week or so and then we'll get ourselves a a solid two and a half at least for the start of the season that'd be, yeah, I think that'd be yeah. really good news that as well I, I, I think we, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we maybe sold more new ones because yeah. it is it is the only way to sort of guarantee yeah. at the moment I think so. people might as well have been waiting to see where they can actually get seats and stuff like that and obviously with the issues yeah, we yeah. saw there were some issues with the main stand in terms of the way seats have been allocated but I mean I can't imagine the nightmare they've had to go through in that tick office to try and work out where people are going to be sat for these yeah, games, it yeah. cannot have been easy. Um, no. But yeah, that's one of those things. So hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll hear there's even, even more sales, and we'll be back watching matches soon at Brunton Park. I, I genuinely can't wait. It's going to be really, really good. Yeah. Which also brings us on to the next yes. thing we're going to talk about, which was uh, iFollow. Yeah, so that's, that's briefly going to the iFollow stuff. So there's, there's not a massive amount to say here, but it's an interesting development. I think it was in the on the Mail Online website, wasn't there? It was an article about that. Uh, the EFL have come to an agreement with Sky, and uh, you know Sky get a lot of stick for what they've done in the game. This is pretty decent of them to effectively waive any compensation for losing their exclusivity of, of games for the start of the season. So what, essentially, what's going to happen yeah. is, while fans aren't allowed into games at the start, you will be able to buy a pass to watch those games, even the Saturday games. Previously, it was only the midweek ones, but the Saturday games, you'll now be able to buy a pass. Like I, I, at the, previously, it was ten pound. I'm guessing it's going to be similar. Yeah, I think I think what it's going to be is clubs in all three EFL divisions will be able to stream matches on their websites. Season ticket holders will get it for free because they've already paid, and casual fans will sort of pay the sort of standard ten pound, which yeah. we associate with yeah. the likes of Eichel. You you say that, but from what Nigel Clibbins was suggesting, that might not be the case at Carlisle simply because of the way we've structured our season ticket offering that we're going to charge based on how many games you'll yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, if you're season ticket older, you probably still will have to pay, but you're getting a cheaper season ticket than you would do. Yeah. Effectively, so. Yeah, and, and I know uh, there was an article came out about the iFollow, and I think we'll find out a hell of a lot more in the next uh, week yeah. or two about how it's all going to work. But, I mean, effectively, actually, it, it, it works out cheaper doing it the way we've done it because I think it's per game for standing, at least. It's something like 11 or £12. Pounds. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah. And if I follow 10, well, if you're getting that as a free for every game, you're still sort of £2 down, effectively, if you want to put it that way. Plus, if you're in a household where you've two free, you've got a season ticket, well... It's not really much use having free passes for for iFollow, is it? You, you might as well just pay for no, one yeah. in one go, but save you money from only paying for twenty games instead of twenty three for the thing. So, so yeah, I think I think the way we've done it, I think is it's interesting. You read the Facebook comments again on the posts 
that the club are putting up for Nigel Clibbins' interviews and he's getting a lot of praise and I think he's absolutely deserved for him and the club the way they've communicated all this to be very clear from the start they didn't want to take any more money than they had to from fans they wanted to do this properly we don't need the money because we're in a good financial situation well steady financial situation right now so I think credit where it's due I think with are handling it really really well the club this aren't they yeah Okay, let's go into the last section, Dan. Um, let's briefly cut, go through the ex-Cal United updates. This is a regular feature we have. We look at what some former Cal players are up to. I think as the season goes on, when we start getting games again, we'll 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 look at how players are, are doing in terms of actual matches rather than transfers yeah, and things yeah. like that. Uh, first up, uh, some news of two former managers who've got new coaching jobs in the game. So, uh, first up, uh, your favourite person, Dan Paul Simpson. Um, he's yeah. got a new coaching job at Bristol City an interesting development there yeah very interesting he was uh, quite settled in the England setup. yeah he's gone in as uh, sort of the experienced assistant to is it Dean Holden yes Dean Holden I think he was and a player for him at Shrewsbury wasn't he possibly yeah, yeah. It's, it's very reminiscent of not quite the same age as uh, Dennis Booth when he came to Carlisle yeah just sort of like the, the old sage if you know yeah. what I mean who who's been there and done it sort of thing. You get the impression he's not too fussed on being a, a club manager these days, is he, Simpson? I think he's happily done with that side of things. and he, The coaching side, I think, he seems to enjoy a lot more now, doesn't he? Because he's obviously done it in yeah, international yeah. level. So, interesting move for him. You, you thought he would have been settled in the FA. and you've, We've seen before managers move up the ranks at the FA and A.D. Bufroyd ended up as under-21 managers simply from doing the under-18s and under-19s, I think, which are under-20s, possibly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, he could have potentially moved up to be under-21 manager at some point, but clearly he just misses the club game. So, fair play to him for taking that. Um, we've wanted to... I mean, this is a really good bit of good news, is uh, Greg Abbott being back in the game. So, he's got a job as assistant manager at Notts County in the National League under Neil Ardley. Um, he's obviously was assistant manager there, wasn't he, under Sean Derry in the past, but really nice because he's had a tough few years, hasn't he, Greg, obviously with his... Uh, his cancer battle. It's just nice to see him back in a coaching role. Yeah, and it's, Greg Abbott seems, for some reason, is a Marmite manager in the memories of Carlisle fans. You have the one set who think he underachieved, and then you have the other side who think he did all right with us. Maybe maybe stayed on season too yeah, long. I don't think anyone would deny that he stayed too long. Yeah. Yeah. But when but you look at his record, <laughs> you look back now and you think where we are now and where we were under him for the few years. You think actually, yeah, he did a pretty good job. I think there's a there's a few actually who've probably changed their minds since then. But yeah, there's one thing yeah. clear that he's he's one of the good guys in the game, isn't he? And he, he seems really popular. And the Notts County fans seem absolutely delighted to see him back because he was a yeah, he was a good yeah. character to have around the club. And one thing you could say about him, you can spot a player. You can certainly spot a player. He struggled towards the end probably because of the budget wasn't as strong as it used to be. But when he had yeah. a, an okay budget, he could certainly spot a decent talent. He's also got a decent contact book oh, as yeah. well. You know, I mean, we, he, we we had that sort of relationship with uh, Manchester United where he was friends with Warren Joyce yeah. and we got several players from them. Not all worked, yeah. but, you know, we still got them. Okay, so that's the, uh, the two former managers covered. Let's look at two former players. A defensive partnership, in fact. Simon Grand and Danny Livesey, uh, Chester, uh, not Chester City, it's Chester FC these days, isn't it? They used to be Chester City. Yes. Um, they've been given new deals there, so they're continuing their careers. Really nice to see that. It was interesting to see them playing together last pre-season, actually, in the game down there. They, you know what? They, 
they didn't look like they couldn't do a job in the Football League, to be fair. They, they, they played pretty well. Alongside them, obviously, Lewis Gray has been given a permanent deal by Chester, I do believe. So, Yeah, I think that's, to be fair, that's probably about Gray's level, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. And they seem pretty happy with how he did in his brief loan spell there at the end of last season. So nice to see them getting new deals and carrying on their careers. Yeah. Next up, Liam McCurran. You almost forget he played for us. It's that long since he played a first-team football game, isn't it? Uh, Liam McCarron's been given a call-up to the Scotland under-21 squad. Uh, he seems to be developing really well in the international setup at Scotland, doesn't he? Yeah, and uh, given the, the not exactly uh, depth of talent at Scottish level, you would like to think a couple of years down the line he'll progress and... Uh, Hopefully we'll have an international appearance clause on our I'd, deal for I'd him. I'd be amazed if we didn't, to be brutally honest, because it, it yeah, seems yeah. one that we, we throw into most of these uh, contracts, don't we? Yeah, and yeah. To Jared yeah. Branfoy and Dean Henderson, a two that we've uh, talked about previously here. Um be interesting to see what happens, though, to him this season, McCarran, because he's not played a first-team game now for pushing on 18 months, I think. Yeah. Surely he's got to get to a point where... He's, he's moved beyond under-23 football and he needs Leeds, to be going out and playing, doesn't he? Leeds don't seem keen no. on sending players out. but Not uh, for a couple I of know, years at least, anyway, no. Yeah, I know Edmondson went to uh, Aberdeen where he actually, to, to cover for Sam Cosgrove yeah. and ended up getting injured himself for three <laughs> or four months. But uh, no, I think I think with them being in the Premier League, I think some of their under-23 players will end up going out on loan because... They'll need to get football on. Yeah, you'd think so as well. Especially McCarran is playing for the Scotland 21s. He'll, he'll want, yeah, it, he'll want yeah. to push on and start getting games. I don't think he's ever likely to end up back on loan at us, if I'm honest. I think he's one of those ones where no. they're wanting to try football elsewhere. And I'd imagine they're wanting to play football at League One level at the very least, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, but well done to him. He seems to be doing well there. And finally, this is the weird one that I saw and I just thought it was worth mentioning. Port Vale have been linked with a move for Hallam Hope. It's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, considering Hope yeah, only went Swindon. It's a in January. But there seems to be a few off-the-field issues at Swindon when you look at it. Because obviously, they didn't manage to sign Joe Yates Yeah, They've gone to Blackpool. And then Owen Doyle has left them already, hasn't he, to to go to Bolton. Yeah, it's, it's a really strange one, that yeah, one. But yeah. you'd think maybe with them gone, you'd have thought, well, that's his chance to... He's always wanted to lead the line, hasn't he? He's always wanted to be a striker. But there may be a few issues. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he suddenly realised how far it actually is to Swindon. From Manchester, <laughs> it's a little bit of a wake-up call. For yeah, him, so. yeah, yeah. Port Vale would certainly suit him, wouldn't it? Say that much anyway. Okay, Dan, I think that pretty much wraps it up for this yeah. episode, doesn't it? I think we've uh, gone on a bit longer than I actually expected. The the uh, the Champions League finals going on as we're <laughs> yeah. recording right now, so it would have been nice to have watched a bit. I know you've been keeping a track on the score and what's happening. So yeah, it's uh, it's actually ha- coming well, up to uh, half time. I've missed nothing then, because I'm sat upstairs yeah. recording this one in a quiet room. Okay, so. Um, I think the the update is pretty much as it was at the end of the last episode. So coming soon, and I promise you this is coming soon, me and Mike are going to sit down and actually record the second part of our episode, uh, our uh, special episodes focusing on the 05-06 season. I recorded the first part a few weeks ago. We just haven't had time to record part two yet. So work gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? And me and you are going to hopefully sit down and do one about kits in the near future. That's That's the plan we've got. Uh, yes, a few bits yes. to look into for that we'll do a bit more research and we'll get that to you and I think we mentioned as well we're going to do uh, some season preview stuff as well aren't we um, we've, we've, we've allocated yeah, yeah, we've allocated yeah, ourselves three of us. I think eight clubs each I think I've, I've got seven because we haven't included Carlisle and that we'll do that one together but we've got um, 
eight clubs each to research and i think we're going to spread it over four smaller episodes i think's the idea so you'll get a decent uh, look at the clubs across the league yeah but we're planning to bring those out in the, the week yeah. running up yeah, to we'll the put, season aren't we so there'll be plenty yeah, for you we'll to uh, listen to the aim is round about the olden game whether we'll get them on before that it depends on availability and recording basically isn't it but the aim is all yeah. three of us will be on those episodes so we'll have a, a decent good chat about um the games there so uh yeah thanks again everyone for listening if you've got any comments or feedback or there's anything you'd like to suggest we discuss please send them in via twitter to at brunton bugle or by email to brunton bugle at gmail.com remember you can subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps including acast spotify apple Podcasts, and google Podcasts. please do give us a review we really appreciate the excellent feedback we've had so far again dan we've been looking we've got some really good comments and we have a new country on the listener list don't we really pleased about this one vamos yeah, chile we do. we've got we a do. listener in chile if you've got that listening in Chile, drop us an email, drop us a message, let us know where you're listening to. We haven't heard from the guy in Kenya yet, so we hope, we hope yeah. we'll hear from them soon. But other than that, we'll, you know, we're getting listeners all over the world in Ireland, France, Germany, the Netherlands. Uh, there's one in, there's a couple in Denmark, actually. There's, there's one in Oslo, who we mentioned before that we know who that is, um, a good friend of ours. We've definitely had a couple in Canada. Um, we've even had some random places in the UK as well, so it's, it's good to know that Carl United fans are all across the world tuning in isn't it here you've heard them everywhere so that's it that's uh, episode four out of the way episode five not sure when it'll come maybe let the next couple of friendlies get out of the way and uh we might even have some new sign might even sign jamie devitt by then we might end the saga finally or he'll probably go somewhere else by then that, that's, <laughs> that's the key thing but yeah so uh, yeah yeah thanks yeah. everyone for listening and uh up the blues <laughs> <laughs>